0: dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. Each episode, we'll discuss one classic book and share some recommendations for more contemporary reads that feature similar themes. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today
1: we are thrilled to welcome Jamise Harper to the podcast. Jamise is the creator of two incredible bookish Instagram accounts at Spines Vines and at Diverse Spines, and she's here today to talk with us all about books and wine and summer reading. Welcome to Novel Pairings,
0: Jamise.
2: Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be here
0: we are thrilled to have you on we've been wanting you were honestly the first person who came to mind when we started thinking about guests we wanted and we're so glad you're here
2: thank you for asking me i've I've been following along and so this is really an honor to be here thank you
0: well typically we get started by asking our guests to share one classic they love and one classic they loathe but you're going to do something a little different for us today
2: Okay, so a classic that I love that I actually just reread was um, Native Son.
0: Oh, yes.
2: I really don't have a classic that I loathe, but I do have a classic that I'm challenged by, and that is um, Beloved by Toni Morrison. I think that she is a writer that uh, she stretches me. um, She frustrates me as a reader, but she makes me a better reader. I know that I saw an interview where she said, oh, you only read it once. And that's what I was doing, only reading her books once and had to go back a couple of times to finally, especially Beloved. It was hard for me to read that book. Um, I was very challenged with it, but I found like I'm studying. I have to find out what the metaphors mean or look things up. But um, I think that's just a good, a good writer, expanding the reader's
1: we love beloved. I'm sure
0: you know we love <laughs> beloved over here. <laughs> yes, I know. I saw. So. <laughs> yeah, we we do, and I I couldn't agree more that her writing requires multiple readings and readers to just take it take it slow and trust her.
2: Yes, trust that she knows where she's going because she definitely knows where she's going. It's just for the reader to be able to I guess stay the course and get there and that was a problem for me staying the course with that I've always had her books on my shelf but I'm not ashamed to say but I didn't pick up the first one until 2016 and that was the bluest eye and so since that time I've been making my way through with pauses
0: yeah it would be hard to read her books Mm -hmm. back to back to back is Beloved your favorite, or do you have a different favorite of Morris'? You know,
2: my favorite actually is Jazz. Of what I've read so far, I like Sula, and I like Jazz. Of what I've read so far, I like both of those books. I do a lot.
1: I think I was just reading someone had an Instagram post, and they quoted Jazz, and I thought, oh my goodness, I really need to read that one.
2: Yeah, it's a good book, and I, and I actually have read that one twice, and I just – feel myself absorbed into the story and I can actually like hear the music and I actually listen to the audiobook, So you do hear some sounds of jazz playing throughout the book.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And native son, did you read that in school or did you come to it on your own?
2: I read that in college. Okay. And so it's, it's a very tough book, but it, uh, I went back to it. I think maybe, I don't know, was it March or February and just really was in awe that my young mind did not was not able to absorb that book when I read it in college, and reading it now, it's it's scary and it's eerie how things are still the same somewhat, and so that was a a bit challenging. And now I'm actually reading Notes of a Native Son by James Baldwin to kind of coincide hand in hand with that book, but. Native Sun is an excellent. It's one of my favorite classics.
1: Jamise, do you find that you tend to reach for those books that challenge you or make you almost study? It just sounds like you're an avid learner. Like you really like those books that sort of get that sort of academic side out.
2: So I was asked this question recently. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because I think I like things that push me. I like to learn. So I like, and I actually like information. So I think for me, when I'm reading a fiction story, especially historical fiction is one of my favorites, but I tend to, I love nonfiction. And so I am, a, I, I seek information. So things that challenge me, things that help me to learn, pique my interest
0: a lot. I love well, that. Well, yeah, as two teachers who <laughs> <That's right. laughs> to, yeah, talk all the time about how we want our students to become lifelong learners, I I love that. So, Jamise, I feel like we're getting to know you
1: just through you talking about your reading life, but yes. I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit more and share in your own words what you do and where you see yourself in the book world.
2: Personally, I am a project manager for the federal government, and I won't go into much detail about that. <laughs> um, other than that, on the, in the bookstagram world, I see myself, I'm a reader you know, I don't try to, I never want to be where I'm, um, I'm not an expert, you know, and so I just like to read and I like to share what I'm reading. And um, even when I'm talking about wine, I have to remind people, listen, I'm not a sommelier. I (laughs) I just like to, I like to enjoy wine and I like to read. I like to offer opinions on things that people may not have thought about or books. I've been a lifelong reader. So where i see people that are discovering books and me too, vice versa, they're discovering books that I read many years ago. And I'm like, Oh my God, I remember when I read that. I remember where I was when I read that. But I will say that early on reading, I was a big, I mean, from the moment I began to read, I was a reader curious, George, Pippi Longstocking, Judy bloom. You know, those (laughs) were like my favorite VC Andrews as I got older and in my teen, uh, maybe college years, I really fell in love with Daniel Steele and Sydney Sheldon because that's pretty much, in my purview, that's pretty much all that I had available to me. I wasn't really introduced to African-American lit until I went to college. And that's when I discovered a whole new world of just books that just really weren't, my family didn't have a library. My parents really weren't readers. And I was the only child for like eight years. So I just read what was available to me or what my parents got for me.
0: I love hearing about the books that made you a reader. Mm-hmm. Did, did you take lit classes in college?
2: I did. I took an African-American studies class. I took it like two sessions of it. I took both sessions for like a whole year course. And I just remember thinking, wow, there are so many books that I have not read. And they're by people that look like me. Um, maybe not the same experiences that I've had because, you know, I just never grew up around people that were readers or in communities where where Black people were prominent. I just didn't, I didn't, you know, I grew up in mostly white neighborhoods. And so you read what, what you see or what's been given to you in, in school. So when I took the African-American lit classes, it was just like a whole new world was open. And I started to devour everything I could get my hands on. You know, finding out what you like, what you don't like. But it was a great experience. And that, that's probably the one thing that enhanced my reading.
0: So you've shared a little bit that you see yourself as a reader, a wine lover, and that's kind of what prompted you, it sounds like, to join the bookstagram world, which is an amazing place where people can share their passions and can not be experts, but become experts and share what they love. So can you tell us a little bit about the process of starting Spines, Vines, how you went about that?
2: So I was never, I was late to social media, even on, you know, Facebook, everything. And so, um, I finally got on Instagram and basically I just was sharing photos like family, friends, and talking about books and talking about wine. And one day <laughs> my sister calls me and she says, you know, cause she's not a reader, So when I'm around her, she wants my undivided attention. She goes, this is a no book zone. Don't bring any books to my home. (laughs) So she says, you know, you really should just put the books and your wine onto another account. And I was like, well, I don't even know who would follow that. Like who would even want to have that there? So she goes, you should do it. And I said, okay, well, I'll do it. And I'll tell my friends, people that already follow me, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And several readers, friends, readers, they, you know, like, this is a great idea. Well, lo and behold, I get on to there and find out there's this thing going on already called bookstagram. I knew nothing about it, <laughs> nothing at all. And, but, but prior to getting there, I kept telling her, I don't even know what I would call it because at the time I was just using the hashtag on my personal page, J.M. Reads, J-A-M, the first three letters of my name. And uh, she called me late one night. It was like after midnight. She's like, I got it. And I'm like, what? And she goes, spines and vines and I'm like what and she says spines and vines the name for the Instagram and I'm like oh great she goes okay you owe me if it blows up you owe me
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> And so that's how it came about
0: oh that's amazing and mm-hmm. and is she very proud of what she is- spines and vines has become She can't believe it. I mean, she's just, I mean, I think her,
2: my (laughs) kids, they just can't believe it. But she also designed my logo for Diverse Spines. So she goes like, I got you on the hook for two things. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, they're quite excited.
0: I have to admit, before we got on today, I scrolled all the way down to the very bottom of your Spines of Minds account to your first ever post and saw that it was the amazing quote that you have yes. in your email too: "Life is too short to read bad books or drink bad wine." First post, amazing.
2: I think it was like, was it two thousand fifteen?
0: Yes, it was.
2: It, was. it was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. First, that's the true.
2: That's the truest statement. That's, uh, <laughs> yes.
1: So here at Novel Pairings, we're all about pairings, and yes, we are curious to know how you see books and wine belonging and pairing together?
2: Oh, my goodness. So once again, I always say this, I'm not an expert. So I don't go with like, you know, this wine was from this region, it's grown by these grapes. I, no, I just go with kind of like how I feel at the time of um, what book I'm reading during a particular season. But there are some authors when I'm reading them, I consistently, and just by happenstance, I consistently stick with the same wine, like Elizabeth Acevedo. Every single book I've read by her has been with a rosé. Every single one. (laughs) That's (laughs) amazing. Every single one. So um, she kind of laughs about that. She goes, I can't wait to see what you're going to pair with my book if I'm going to a signing. And uh, it always ends up being a rosé.
0: Oh, my gosh. I just am like – fangirling just knowing that you've talked to Elizabeth Acevedo about Same wine. Here.
1: <laughs> We're super fans of Acevedo's work over here.
2: How <laughs> can you not be? She's amazing.
0: She is amazing. Yeah. And you also host on your account Literary wind Downs, which I think our our listeners would be really into. What? How did those start and, and how do you describe them?
2: It, it's, you know, so new. I think being in this world, I had a You know, in the past, I was doing a couple of in-person events, and then now that things are kind of, you know, where we can't get together, I kept thinking, you know, hey, we ought to do something on Instagram Live and just kind of have some fun, just talk to some people and see who would, you know, want to be on with me. But of course, as with all things new, fear held me back because I just had never been on um, Instagram Live before. And, you know, you're opening yourself up to the world. And I still consider myself kind of a private person, but I'd have to say my kids, my son uh, called me. He says, mom, all my friends keep saying, why don't your mom have a YouTube channel? Why did not she have Instagram <laughs> live? She would be, she would be great. So I was like, okay, let me see. What could I do? And I actually reached out to Catherine Adele West. I had, uh, she wrote Saving Ruby King and she had sent me her, um, her arc early on, like back in November. And I said, well, I don't see any events for her coming up for her pup day. Let me just throw my name and say, hey, I'm going to start this thing. And would you like to do it? Are you a wine drinker first? (laughs) (laughs) If you're not, it's okay. And she could not believe that I asked her. And I'm like, I can't believe you said yes. And so I think early on, I just started kind of writing down. Always when I'm doing something, I just throw down words on a paper. And I like to write it out. And then look at those words and kind of see, hey, what, what strikes me, what comes together. I you know I wrote literary, I had to wind down. I wrote Spines and Vines. I had wrote so many different things and then it just finally stuck. I said, literary, wind down. That's what, cause I didn't want to call it, you know, Spines and Vines talks wine or whatever. So that's how literary wind down became. And it's just a, a, you know, an hour conversation where I'm talking to an author about their upcoming book, past books, what's new. And we start off by saying, you know what we're winding down with and, uh, talk about the wine a little bit but we like when I reached out to Jasmine Guillory I literally just dm'd her and she said let's do it and that was it and it was that was it was said and done so that was pretty cool it's been an awesome experience only two shows in though but it's been good
0: look at Chelsea's face (laughs) I just
1: think that's so fun and Jasmine Guillory is just the cutest she's so much fun she was so much fun
2: I've had wine with her
1: in person in
2: real life so that made it even more you know a little bit more fun (laughs) because we got to do it (laughs) (laughs) because we got to do but you know DC has so many great events so you have the opportunity to meet a lot of people and you know sometimes you make a connection with people when they're here for other things you know it's just kind of like you show up and then hey what are you doing after and a friendship just forms so it's just, it was really nice that I asked for her to come on to Literary Wine Down and that she was very receptive of it.
0: Jamise, you're such a great interviewer that I'm not surprised that these authors are so excited to come on your account and talk with you.
2: Thank you. That's really kind
0: of you. Thanks. Not to mention they get to drink wine.
1: How many interviews do they I get know? to drink wine <laughs> and funny. hang out with, a, a, with a wonderful point. person?
2: <laughs> I think I i think I think had too much my first one because I was so nervous. <laughs> I was just-
1: all right. So Jamise, it sounds like you have interviewed so many great authors. We're fangirling over here and just, I mean, so excited hearing you talk about getting to know them. But we're curious if you have a favorite interview so far.
2: Oh my goodness. That's so, un- that's an unfair question. <laughs> I've had the opportunity really to interview some great people. You know, Wednesday, last Wednesday with Jasmine was like, Phenomenal. So that was really on the top favorite list. Oh, another one, Candace Carty Williams, who wrote Queenie. She came all the way from London and I was the moderator for that event. And that was a spectacular event. I mean, she was just fun and she was very open. And we got to talk a lot about a lot of things about the book, even things that were tough about the book and about British culture and about race. And so it was just a very good interview. And I'd have to say Angie Kim. And the reason why I say Angie, because Miracle Creek, of course, uh, she's from here, this area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and she loves wine. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to do, um, right before her paperback release, we were going to do a vineyard tour in Virginia, and we were going to just go taste some wine and talk about wine and then talk about her paperback release and then kind of do a joint recommendation for when her book was released. But of course COVID happened and we couldn't do that, but she definitely was one of my favorite interviews as well.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love that book.
2: That's a great book.
0: Do you have a favorite DC bookstore? It seems like you're very involved in the DC literature. I know we keep making (laughs) you pick favorites.
2: (laughs) You guys, that is so not fair. I think, <laughs> I think about places. They're like, okay, I don't have an independent bookstore, or we only have one. And I think, wow, we have like five or six. It's just so many. And to be honest, I'm grateful that I have a relationship with pretty much all of them. Um, Mahogany Books, black owned, super awesome couple, and they bought their bookstore to a you know a book desert in Anacostia. There had not been a um, independent bookstore there. So that's an awesome opportunity for the community. I will say that when I first got back to this area, I really wasn't going to independent bookstores quite that much. And then as my kids got older and kind of, you know, left or whatever, got away, I had to find something to do with myself. So I heard about this place called Politics and Prose and that they had events like almost 360 days a year. And I was like, wow. So I ventured to an event there. And it was uh, Americana.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> I'll never forget it. I went to that event. Chimamanda, she was phenomenal. Like, literally two seats, I could see her. And after, you know, going around, and I was known as the book event queen because I would always be in the front <laughs> row. I'd get there super early. So that was my first introduction. I actually became a member of PMP, And then here recently, I've developed, developed a research with uh, Kramer Books and with Solid State. So there's quite a few here. And then loyalty books just opened up, you know, recently. They're new. I can't say that I have a favorite. I can just say that I have relationships with all of them and I, I treasure the relationship with all of them. So no I don't have a favorite.
0: That's totally fair. And that's amazing. <laughs> I I went to grad school in DC and I so miss the indie bookstore scene here. Every yeah. Most authors skip Denver, you know, they just like skip the middle of the country, which I, I understand there's not a lot close by. And so I, I'm very jealous and just live vicariously through your indie bookstore queendom. (laughs) Oh, and I can't, I can't forget East City books.
2: That's another one, East City. So there's, there's just so many.
0: Well, you also, as we mentioned at the top of our episode, you have a second bookstagram account which is amazing it's diverse spines and I think that one started two or three years after spines and vines
2: yes uh three 18 2018
0: okay and how did that one come about
2: okay so at the beginning of 18 January 18 I actually was thinking you know I wanted to focus on reading more women and that, so start talking about that on Spines and Vines. Like, kind of get a niche of what I want to talk about. And I've always been a believer, always. If you read more diversely, you definitely have more empathy. It allows you to, it fosters empathy. Uh, you can't stay within your weeding circle or what you know and have empathy for the world or people, other people's experiences. That's just my opinion. So I came up with diverse spines. You know, everything has a spines because that's spines and vines. So I kind of like, you know, that was an easy fix. We'll talk about diversity. Okay. Oh, diverse bonds. And I actually reached out Sarah. I think I reached out to you. I reached out to a couple of people and I said, Hey, I want to start this new initiative. I need some help. Do you mind posting? When you post, can you add this hashtag if you're reading a book by a black woman or a woman of color? And that's literally how it started. It really had nothing to do with me other than creating the name and then people supporting it. And it's like now this literary resource and it's such a great feeling when someone, people DM me all the time and say, I found this book because of the hashtag or I found this new author to me. Oh my gosh, I love, and so that is, that makes me feel good. that I've know I've done something, or I've contributed something to the bookstagram world, the literary world that, you know, someone's reading outside of their comfort zone or their norm. Diverse Spines did not have an account until the end of, December thanks to my son (laughs) for the gift of the mug which created a firestorm and I had to then basically was like you know okay I need to make this a thing now
1: I love that this is a family affair (laughs) yeah me
0: too but he's not but he's not a reader (laughs) but he's supportive very supportive yes I'm drinking my tea out of my Diverse oh, science mug right now. Yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you have a reading challenge that goes along with the mug and the books. So I thought,
2: you know, hey, I see so many challenges out there. And I thought, well, what would be a, you know, I can't, I'm not saying that these are the books that, you know, you have to read if you want to be a diverse reader, or these are all the classics, or this is just a gift that was given to me that I said, okay, people don't really know where to start. Hey, here's 30 something books. Start here and just see what you think. You know, you can always add to it, always change it, but I turned it into a challenge and that has been well received as well, because some people actually don't know where to start. They don't know. And so, uh, like I said, we're just offering opinions for people that want to dive into reading diversely.
1: What are a couple of the titles on the mug since we're, everybody's listening and they're going to be like, I want to see the mug.
0: <laughs> and we'll definitely oh link goodness. to the mug in yeah, we our show will. notes.
2: So uh, The Warmth of Other Suns, Homegoing, Salvage the Bones. I'm looking at it right now. That's <laughs> um, the Color Purple, White Teeth, American Marriage, Americana, Beloved their eyes were watching God, the poet X. Oh, so nice. there's quite a few, there's different, you know, different books on there. And it was just a, I think at the time, I don't think ideal book Chef had a diverse mug at the time. And so it just kind of was like an Off. I mean, I don't know how he came up. I guess I talk about books all the time. I talk, <laughs> I talk about what I haven't read, what I need to read. I, I write a list because you know, when I'm, gone. I want them to be able to my daughter is somewhat of a reader. She likes more classics. But I want them to be able to see what I've read and you know what I, you know, haven't didn't get to read while I was here on this earth. And so he was able to pull, just go through my account and pull some things and put it together and create this mug. And I could not believe it. Like of all things I got that Christmas. And Jane actually DM'd me the next morning, the day after Christmas and she said, oh my God what happened? My email, my email, my DMs are flooded. And I said, well, I shared it in my story (laughs) (laughs) because I was so excited about it. And she said, this is incredible. Like, so she asked my son and I, she said, typically when she does a custom order, she doesn't put it on the shelf because it's a custom order and it's special to the people. And she asked us, did we mind if she shared the story and put it on the shelf? And we were like, we don't care yeah, sure, whatever <laughs> and that's how it came about literally
0: I'm so grateful to you guys for <laughs> saying yes <laughs> now I have my favorite mug I like to to this usually lives in my classroom because I want my students to ask me about it yes. and ask me about the the books and it's a good conversation starter yes yes
1: I love that it just so encompasses everything that you've talked about so far about being a reader who loves to share books with other people and sort of get them on the on the train of being passionate about reading, and The Mug mm-hmm. is such a great representation of that. It's so sweet. It is, and I read widely, so I've always been a wide reader. I just
2: never kind of pigeonholed myself. I do have, you know, some dramas that I kind of can't get with. I'm still trying to push myself, but I definitely read widely because at the time when I was Like I said, we didn't have the internet. All you had was the New York Times. (laughs) I mean, literally. And I used to cut out the list and stick it to my court board. And I used to just read down, no lie, I used to read down the New York Times bestseller list. And now to see the New York Times bestseller list now, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, look at the representation in this list now versus when I was doing this back in 86, 87.
0: That is so amazing. And you're just such a wonderful champion for the books you love. You have convinced me to read so many books, and I know that's true for a lot of people who follow both of your accounts. Thank you. So let's
1: get an opportunity here for you to share some of the books that you love. (laughs) I'm really excited for this. I've been looking forward to it since we knew that you were coming on the show. (laughs) So as a summer treat, Jamise is going to share a few books that she's excited about or I think maybe you've read some of these. Is it like a mix of books you're excited about and books you've read so far this summer?
2: It's a mix. My reading has been kind of off a little bit. So I've been really sharing what I love and what I'm excited about to come. So I can do a little bit of both.
1: I hear you with reading (laughs) being a little off right now. (laughs) Um, But you're going to pair those books with the perfect glass of wine. And I'm so excited about this. So Jamise, what's your first pairing that you have for us?
2: With the disclaimer, I'm not an expert on the wine. It's just... <laughs> okay, so my first one actually, of course, is The Warmth of Other Suns. It's literally my favorite book by Isabel Wilkinson. And it's just, uh, it talks about the great migration. It's a masterpiece to me. It's, it was life-changing for me when I read the book. And the wine that I would pair with that, or that I did pair with that, was a Cabernet. Full body and complex. That sums up the book. It's just that's a perfect pairing right there. Um, the warmth of the suns and a nice cabernet. Any cab? I won't. I won't give a brand. <laughs> Are you? I do have. I do have a favorite cab.
1: Well, oh, now we have to know <laughs> yeah, your You favorite. have to tell us.
2: <laughs> My favorite cab is a Camus cab. Are you super excited to read Cast? I am. So that's that was the next thing. So oh, cast. great. Sorry. No, 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 no. I was just going <laughs> to say, you know, no, no, no. I was going to say that, you know, the warmth of our sons and being excited about her upcoming book cast. It's going to be a phenomenal story. I, I just she's a great writer and she does so much research. Um, so that's a book that I'm excited about coming out. I actually got it in my hands. So I'm like so excited Ooh, to awesome. read that. hmm. OK, so I have to say this. Rosé. I'm a Rosé girl. I would like to drink it year-round if I could, but I just feel like that's so, like, okay, don't do that. Just drink it in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, a, you know, it's summer water. That's what we call it. And, um, <laughs> I would have to say, like I said, anything by Elizabeth Acevedo definitely is a rosé. Clap When You Land. I, I did read that, and so that's what I, a great book, very touching book, and The Poet X, and With the Fire on High, and party of two, Jasmine Guillory. I enjoyed that book, but I will say The Wedding Party is still my favorite. Still my favorite. So definitely those are rosé reads because with a rosé, you know, it's fruity, it's fun, subtle, lighthearted. So I definitely, delicate, definitely pick rosé for those books.
0: Have you read most of Guillory's?
2: I have read every last one of them and was late to the party for those too. I mean, I got, i when the wedding date came out, I didn't read those until later and in that year. And then when she, I think by the time she had put out, she was getting ready to put out the wedding party and I had read the proposal and the wedding date.
0: I've only read the wedding date so far, but I loved it. And we've talked a lot about her food descriptions. Amazing.
2: <laughs> so much, so much food, so much drinking of uh, cocktails and wine. It's just, it's hard not to love. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Um, you want me to do one more or two more?
0: We'll, we'll take, take all two of them. More. <laughs> yeah. We'll take all you've got.
2: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with the mallback read because the mallbacks are like old and rich. And the book that I would say that this is coincidence is where to begin by Cleo Wade. And I'll tell you why, because at the beginning of the year, I always pick a book that I'm going to start. I mean, most people do pick out a book that they're going to start the year with. I try to make it something that's, uh, going to give me some meaning or set me straight for the new year and who would have ever thought that this year was going to transpire the way that it did and so I read where to begin the first week in January and it's such a um she gives you all these I mean if you've experienced Cleo Wade's writing she just gives you all these pick-me-ups and things to think about mantras you can start it at any point and just kind of read through it but it's a feel-good it's uplifting and I keep it on my nightstand. I go to I go back to it often, but that's the book that I started the year with, and it's by Cleo Wade, and I, I had them all back with that.
0: That sounds like something a lot of people would be interested in picking up now, where there's just so yeah. much uncertainty and change, but also stagnation. It sounds like a great read for right now.
2: She just gives you a lot of inspirational quotes and sayings and just things to think about, it's very uplifting. So I'd highly recommend that. If you're in a place where you kind of need something to feel good and inspirational, it's Where to Begin by Cleo Wade.
0: I will definitely be taking that recommendation. Yes. <laughs> All right, what's your, your final pairing? My
2: final one is, I mean, you should be able to guess this one is Homegoing by Yag guessing. I'm so excited about Transcendent Kingdom coming out in September. I had never read a book like Homegoing. The fact that her writing, it was her debut, and that she could pull together 14 characters and have them all connected, tell two different sisters' stories, it was heartbreaking. It was just such a, it was a journey through that book, but it was a great book. And Marlowe, because I I read somewhere that Marlowe is a bit of a chameleon, smooth and full-bodied, and I was like, okay, this is this book fleshy and fleshy for a wine means that it's heavy on the tongue and it fills the mouth with flavor Mm. that goes with homegoing for sure
0: Mm.
2: yeah
1: oh I love that homegoing is a mutual favorite of Sarah and mine and she actually teaches it yes
0: really yes it's probably the best addition I've ever made to my curriculum it is phenomenal to teach
2: oh my gosh, if you do that online, I want
0: to join the class. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm really hoping we're going to be online in the fall because I do not feel safe going into my building, but I will let you know. Yeah. it's For me, it's really, I don't feel like an expert when I'm teaching that book, but the students really, they love it and they want to discuss it. And so when, when we're reading that every day, we just sit in a circle and we- They alternate bringing seminar questions, and we just discuss, and we research the history together, and I just try to kind of take a step back and decenter myself and let them engage with it, and it's the best teaching experience.
2: That is amazing. That, wow. Yes. If you teach it online, please send me a link.
0: (laughs) I will. Maybe you can come talk about it. You could tell them why it pairs with Merlot. They'll love it. (laughs)
1: you're at a catholic school so you'll be like yeah, yeah so communion a- wine.
0: <laughs> exactly yes i don't know
2: if that would go over too well but yeah
0: you know whatever gets them to be lifelong readers is a win i say
2: it's so true it's such a joy though i mean it's it, i mean to be a reader is such a joy you i don't you know i never used to go places didn't want to sit in spaces by myself you know like a restaurant or a bar. And then I think as I got older, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not by myself. I have my book. And so it doesn't bother me anymore to sit somewhere in a public space by myself.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, books are such good companions. Mm-hmm, they are. All right. Since we can never get enough recommendations on the pod, we're each going to share one recent read that we would recommend to listeners. So, Jamise, will you get us started?
2: So a recent read for me would be Saving Ruby King by Catherine Adele West. It's really, it's her debut novel. And it's a book that's quite a thriller. It's set in Chicago. And Ruby comes home one day and discovers that her mother has been killed and she's dead in their apartment. And it really examines uh, what the role the church plays in the Black community. It also uh, examines how, you know, the police treat, black women or black death as status quo in the city and just really don't do a lot as far as investigating her death, but all the families are connected and it's just really a great mystery that's done very well. Beautiful writing. So saving Ruby
1: King.
0: That sounds great. How about you, Chelsea? Oh
1: man, I had one book written down, but I think I might change my mind. Well, (laughs) just tell us both. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm curious, Jamise, have you read any of Talia Hibbert's books?
2: I have not. And I'm looking at one right here with uh, Get a Life.
1: Yes. Okay. So as you were talking about Jasmine Guillory and why you like her books so much, I was just thinking, oh my goodness, she needs to read Talia Hibbert because I feel like that flirty, fun, hilarious sense of humor is there and her books are just so perfect for summer reading I recently so I did read Get a Life Chloe Brown but I recently read Take a Hint Danny Brown the second one in her Mm -hmm. Brown Sisters series and it was so good and there's also that British element she's British and the books take place over there and so there's just this extra layer to it and oh my gosh they're so fun
2: Okay, that's going to be more Rosé Reads. I'm going to add those. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) I love that. That's a new hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) Rosé Spines. (laughs) Right. Right. But the other book that I'm just... Like dying to tell everyone about is The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin and I have like 80 pages left but it's so good and it's amazing so that was the one that I first had written down but then as we were talking about romance and rosé I couldn't help but bring up some some cute rom-coms.
2: And see those are that's I'm not really big in sci-fi so I know that this week I think is sci-fi week?
1: I have no idea is it?
2: I I think I I may, I may be incorrect, but I think it is, but I have not read NKJMS. I have not, shame on me for this right here. I have not read, I have not read Octavia Butler. So that's what I picked up this weekend. I picked up two of her books. Kindred has always, Kindred has been on my Kindle, but I picked up uh, two more of her books. And so I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to take my own advice and diversify (laughs) my reading.
1: So I'm finding, I don't feel like I'm the biggest sci-fi fantasy fan either, but I find that when sci-fi and fantasy is set in a real world place, it's easier for me to get into it. And so since this is about New York City and it's got a really strong setting and sense of place that's at least a little bit more familiar, it's just really, really incredible. And I'm glad that I'm reading this one of Jemisin's first because I know her other books are super complicated and there's a lot more world building so I would say if you're gonna
0: start with Jemisin this is a good one to go with oh good to know my book club just picked the fifth season as our July into August book um and I've been looking for a reason to dig back into that because I've I've tried it and it's amazing but I didn't have the attention span and so I'm excited to have a, a reason to pick it back up
1: Sarah, what is your current read or your reading recommendation for us?
0: So the last book that I finished and loved was actually Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. And so I'm just going to echo everything Jimmy said about it and also just encourage teachers to pick it up because I think it would just be a phenomenal book to bring into the classroom for so many reasons. But the reason I'm going to emphasize right now is the poetic structure and how she uses kind of different forms and styles and diction for each narrator. And so there's so much you can do to make poetry relevant and accessible with that book. I just, I loved it so much. And then I just started We Ride Upon Sticks by Kwan Berry, which I know you're really excited about, Chelsea. Yes. Have you read that one, Jamise? I have not. It is, I mean, I'm like, three pages in so I don't have much to say about it but it takes place in uh, New England in the 1980s and it's about a girls field hockey team who has a sort of supernatural connection to the witches who or you know the women who were persecuted in the Salem witch trials so I, I don't know why that just like checks a bunch of boxes for me so I am really excited for that one. I've heard, uh, I've seen some posts about it, and it's that's really all good. a
1: really fun cover. Mm-hmm.
2: All good.
0: Yeah, the cover's adorable, and yeah, I've, I've heard great things. I was excited for The uh, Vanishing Half,
2: and so I read that in June, and it did not disappoint. I know there's been a couple of, you know, mixed things. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. Good topic, and so that's the one that I really enjoyed this summer.
0: We both loved that one, (laughs) too. Yeah, we we both read it. So we did an episode about Passing by Nella Larson recently.
2: I just read that. What do you think? I thought it was, I wanted more. Mm. I just, I was like, ah, that's it. And so been on my list forever. Just read it, uh, I think a couple months ago. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. So much to unpack with that book.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so much to <laughs> So much.
0: I, I know Chelsea and I both really enjoyed reading it and The Vanishing Half so close together because they're, I mean, they tackle a similar topic, but they do it so differently. It was really interesting to read those back to back. And I loved your interview with Britt Bennett. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> she was great. She was so great. She's just... She's wise for her age, very, very accomplished, and so she's she was phenomenal to talk to.
1: I was so struck. I think that you asked her what she's working on next, and when she was talking about writing a book with a couple of singer, like, sort of feuding singers, I was like, "Yeah, what? I need it now."
2: (laughs) Yes, she's going more like you know uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah, so I can't wait for that. See how that comes out. She's a great writer.
1: That's so
0: exciting. It's mm-hmm. awesome when somebody so young is putting out such amazing books and you just get to be excited about the the career to come. Yes.
2: I mean, her career is taking off. It's just it's good to see. It is.
1: So, Jameez, we have so loved talking to you today. This was so much fun. I really am wishing that we all poured a glass of wine. We should. We totally should have. <laughs> I can't next believe time. we didn't. I you know.
0: Know. <laughs> yeah, next time. We all Just a out. reason, another reason to have you back.
1: <laughs> so, Jamies, where can people find you and connect with you?
2: Um, at Spines Vines on Instagram, or at Diverse Spines on Instagram.
1: And we'll definitely link to those in the show notes and everyone should go check out your accounts because they're beautiful and wonderful and for even more bookish enthusiasm our listeners can follow us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod. We would love to know whether you pick up any of the books that Jamise paired with wine today. And the and, wines too. Yes, <laughs> the wine too. So feel free to tag us and Jamise to let us all know. And tell your friends about the Novel Pairings Podcast by
0: sharing this episode on social media or texting the link to a friend. Thank you to Michelle Timmons for all her help on the podcast and to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. We'll be back next week with an episode on Like Water for Chocolate by Laura Esquival. Until then, we declare after all there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book.